Hi, I'm Wayne Heinsohn, the pastor of Grace Church Australia. Thanks so much for checking out this podcast. We hope it is inspirational and it equips you to make known the name of Jesus. You can stay connected with us during the week by going to gracegathering.online. Well, welcome to Grace Church. My name is Pastor Wayne, for those of you that don't know us, and uh, whether you're here with us in the room, and a big hello to those that are joining us online. Uh, So very good to have you here. I'm very hopeful that today's message will leave you feeling like you're atop the dais as a gold medalist. Because I don't want us to be just getting a silver medal or a bronze medal or coming forth I think, as followers of Jesus, we should walk each and every day with the victory that we have. And with the Olympics on in Tokyo right now, we should be gold medalists. That's our identity in Christ. Can we agree on that? Very good. I didn't bring any gold medals. Would have been a good thing, wouldn't it? Maybe I'll do that next week. Hey, the other thing I need to let you know, pinch and a punch for the first day of the month, no returns. Uh, I got this morning, one of my kids was quicker than I was. Um, So she got me, but uh, that's pretty much the end of that. So we want to continue our series today. It is called Stay Positive, and I hope it's been an encouragement to you. I hope that God's really spoken to you uh, through the course of uh, this series that we've been running uh, over the last four weeks. Now, originally it was just supposed to go for a month. But I really kind of felt that the Holy Spirit said, we're not done yet. We're not done yet. And so last week we started a message um, and we're going to continue that message today. And as I was was spending some time with God during the week and I was preparing, I was like, all right, we've got to wrap this up. You know, like you can't have a series within a series. I don't think that's something that you can do. And the Holy Spirit said to me again, slow down and go at my pace, Wayne, not at yours. So we're going to continue that message that we did start last week. Um, It's called The Bones Are Rattling with part two of that. But we're not going to finish the thought that God wants us to share as we dig into this passage from Ezekiel 37. So if you weren't here last week, if you haven't had a chance to hear part one of this message, it is available for you at uh, gracegathering.online or you can listen to the podcasts at places like Spotify and Google Podcasts and all those kind of things. So... What I want you to do right now for me is I want you to close your eyes. I want you to close your eyes for a moment and I want you to take a journey with me. Now your journey will be different than my journey but I know that it is a journey that we have all been on at some point of time. And I want you to block out anything, any distractions. I don't want you to worry about the person that is next to you. I definitely don't want you to nod off at this point of time. But I want you to invite the Holy Spirit in because I want him to do something in us this morning. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would take each and every one of us to a really tough season that we've been through recently in life. A time when something really unexpected happened and it has impacted you in such a great way. Now, it might have been the loss of a loved one could have been a goal that wasn't reached. Maybe something that you're going through right now. And as you hear this morning, you're kind of holding on to God with desperation. I don't know what it is. But what I do know is that right now, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. And right now, he's showing you something in your life that has been a challenge. So I want you to pause just for a moment. 
and I want you to take a big, deep breath. And I want you to tell yourself, whatever that thing is that the Holy Spirit has revealed to you now, I want you to say, God is going to bring good out of that situation. Whatever it is, God is going to bring good out of that situation. He is working all the pieces together so that in the end, maybe not now, maybe it doesn't feel like it right now, but in the end, you'll be left with something that is beautiful, something that is spectacular, something that is so much greater than you could even think or imagine. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Okay, open your eyes, church. That's what this series is all about. This series is about taking those curveballs that life throws at us looking at it through a kingdom lens and knowing beyond doubt that God is good, that he is working it together for good. And at the end, not now, right now it might look really ugly, but at the end it's going to be a beautiful masterpiece. That's who he is. And this series is about trusting God for who he is and the promises that he has given you and me. That's what it is. I know it's not an easy journey to do. Sometimes it's really tough. Sometimes we can be like my three-year-old at home, Cohen, and you're just kicking and screaming and going, I don't want to, I don't want to. And that, I think that's okay. It's okay for us to let that out sometimes. And it doesn't mean then that God goes, oh, well, can't do anything in that situation. Not at all. He will use that frustration. He'll use that disappointment. He will use everything in the way that he's going to bring about good in your situation, in what he just revealed to you. We need to continue to look to the Saviour rather than look to our circumstances. Keep our eyes on Jesus, not on what we're going through at this moment of time. It's about trusting the one true king, not trusting the kings of this world. We have to stay in that place all the time. It's about being in alignment with God's plans and purposes for you and for me. That's what it's about. And sometimes we can get out of alignment. I know you've all got cars here. Sometimes you've got to go and get a wheel alignment because they're not rotating the way that they should. And sometimes I think we just need a spiritual realignment. We need to kind of go back to where we know we should be, but sometimes we just drift off course a little bit. And this series is about going, well, let's get back to where we should be. Let's get back in alignment with who God is, who he says he is, and his promises for you and for me. Because when we're in that place, it's easy, I think, for us to stay positive and to trust him. So if you've been with us over the last few weeks, you would know that there is one verse that forms the foundation of this particular series. And it comes from Romans 8.28. We are confident, are you confident this morning? Are you confident in who God is and what he has said? We are confident that God is able to orchestrate everything to work together, to work towards something good and beautiful when we love him and accept his invitation to live according to his plan. I want us to have confidence in God. 
that no matter how dark the night, no matter how deep the valley, that our confidence is in God to take us through, to get us through to the light of the morning, to get us through to the top of the mountain. I want us to have that confidence in all seasons. Because the key thought right through this series has been around this. If it's not good yet, it just means God hasn't finished making it good. It doesn't mean that it's not good. It just means God hasn't finished working and doing what it is that he wants to do in your life and in my life. And I am going to repeat this over and over and over because I want you to get it. I want you to grab hold of it. I don't want you just to understand it. I don't want you just to think, oh, that's a nice thought, Pastor. Thank you so much for sharing it. I want you to grab hold of it for yourself. And I want it to be a truth that is deep down here in your spirit, a truth that you are living each and every moment. I don't want you just to be able to recite it. I don't want you just to nod in agreement. I want it to change you. I want it to transform your heart, your thoughts, your spirit. That's what I want it to do because it's his truth. It's the truth of God and who he is. It's nothing to do with me. Because when we go through tough seasons, we can question these things. And I've, I've shared with you, and I just kind of want to share a little bit more this morning, but when we, we go through tough seasons like I've been over the last 12 months, it can be very hard to accept this as a truth. There are some people at Grace Church right now that are going through some really, really tough stuff. I spent some time on the phone this week crying with some of our family because I got really emotional, they got really emotional and we were crying together and we were, you know, and it was a mess. But do you know what? As we finished those conversations, do you know where we landed? God is good and God is in control. So it doesn't mean we discount the emotion. It doesn't mean any of that. It just means we have to get to that place where not only we acknowledge the goodness of God, but we believe it in our circumstance and our situation. It gives us the strength, a truth like if God hasn't finished yet, he's still working it together for good. It gives us the strength that we need to keep coming back to him again and again and again. Sometimes it gives us the strength that we need to take the next step forward. Because if we're honest, I'm sure that we've all been through seasons where we've thought, I just want to curl up in a ball and go and hide in the corner. But that's not healthy and that's not God's plan for us. And we have to motivate ourselves from the truth of God's word to go, all right, I'm going to take the next step forward, the next step forward. So as I said, this message is called The Bones Are Rattling and it comes from this passage out of Ezekiel 37. And that, that phrase, the bones are rattling, God's been speaking it over me and over me and to me for a number of weeks. And he's just kept going, the bones are rattling, the bones are rattling. And when he first started, I was like, what? What's that mean? But, you know, as I spent more time in his presence, he started to give some revelation. You know, and ultimately it was, I'm not finished. 
I'm not finished doing what I want to do in your situation right now, Wayne. And so he took me to this passage from Ezekiel 37, which, you know, is the the basis of um, this particular series. But essentially, you know, what the Holy Spirit was saying was, persevere, don't give up, keep going, move forward, push through. You might want to run away, and I certainly did. You might want to give up, and there were times I wanted to do that. But he kept saying, no, I'm not done yet. Don't abandon me because I haven't abandoned you. I'm right here with you. Trust me to take the next step with you. And then the step after that and the step after that. Because sometimes all we need to think about is that next step. We, I think it's human nature where we want to go to the end and we want to see how it finishes. But sometimes I think what God is saying is trust me for the rest of the journey. But right now, I just need you to take the next step forward. I need you to keep the forward momentum. I need you to keep moving. Don't stop. Keep moving. Keep moving. And as I sort of touched on last week, I sort of really feel like um, you know, I've been walking through this valley of dry bones after the last, you know, the last 12 or so months and um, been finding it really tough to take that next step, to get through the next day. And um, it it's kind of hard to talk about it because I've got to keep people's confidences. It's one of those things, you know, that when you're pastoring, it's like, well, you want to keep people's confidence so you can't sort of share too much. So I'm not going to share all of the detail and it actually doesn't relate to anybody here in church. But one of the things that really knocked me around was the fact that um, someone said something about me that was not true. And not only was it not true, it was really, really hurtful because it attacked my character. And I am the first to put my hand up and say, I don't get stuff right all the time um, and I can give you a list of my... We could spend a whole Sunday and I could go through all of the mistakes that I've made and all of the areas where God is still working on me and where he's still growing me. I'm the first. I'm very self-aware of where God is still um, making me more like him. But I try to honour my word. I try to be a good representative of Jesus. I try to be a good husband. I try to be a good dad. I try my very best to be who God has created me to be. And then when someone attacks that, and it was so very unexpected, it, it just knocked me around. Like it knocked me to the ground. And there were some flow-on effects from that that really impacted where I am now, but also what was to come in terms of things that God had really spoken about, his plans and his purposes. And I was at a place where I went, but this isn't fair. It's not true. And the consequence for me, for what God has for me, things have been changed based on lies and so you know it was just this season where I mean that was on the top of you know numerous other things and it was kind of just another thing you know that that um you know that I I I had to go through and I had to kind of journey with God and I had to process it um but it almost took me to what I'm gonna what I'm gonna say is ministry suicide not physical suicide, I'd never do that. But it took me to the place where I, I just felt like, 
walking away from everything. Pack up my family, get in our minivan and just go somewhere. Because I was so, so hurt. I felt like I'd been betrayed. I was confused. There was a whole bunch of, you know, things that were going on in my heart and in my mind and in my spirit. And, you know, it would have been very, very easy for me just to do that. And there were, if I'm honest, we're probably pretty close at times, you know, to doing that. But that's when the Holy Spirit whispered and went, I haven't left you. I'm still in control. I'm still the same person. I'm still the same good, good father that I was a week ago or a month ago or before this was said. And I really had to get to the place where I had to let go of what I was feeling and surrender that to God and say, okay, you've very clearly promised to me that you will bring something good and beautiful out of this. I couldn't see it then, and to be honest, I still can't see it now, but I'm trusting that God is who he says he is, and he will do what he said he is going to do. And so I stay close to him, and I wait for his promises See how I can do that at the same time? I know you're all looking going, ah. But I trust him and I wait for his promises to come to pass. That's what I do. Have they happened yet? No. Do I feel like, you know, I'm on top of the mountain? No. I'm not in the depth of the valley that I was, but I'm on the journey and God's with me. And I'm seeing light out of what was a very, very dark place. So let's look at this passage from Ezekiel 37. Again, uh, I want to read all of it. We started with the first three verses last week. We will continue with the last few verses next week. But here's uh, the verses uh, beginning in verse 1. Here's what it tells us. The Lord took hold of me and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were completely scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. Then he asked me, son of man, can these bones become living people again? O sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I spoke this message just as he told me. Suddenly, as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Then as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones. Their skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. Then he said to me, 
Speak a prophetic message to the wind, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. So I spoke the message as he commanded me and breath came into their bodies. They all came to life and stood up on their feet, a great army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying, we have become old, dry bones. All hope is gone. Our nation is finished. Therefore, prophesy to them and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. O my people, I will open your graves of exile and cause you to rise again. Then I will bring you back to the land of Israel. When this happens, O my people, you will know that I am the Lord. I will put my spirit in you and you will live again and return home to your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done what I said. Yes, the Lord has spoken. You will know that I am the Lord. I have spoken. I have done what I said. I'm waiting for that time. It is still to come. And maybe that thing that I asked you to close your eyes and have the Holy Spirit reveal to you, maybe you're still waiting. You're waiting for the thing that God has spoken to be done. I want to say to you this morning that it is coming because God is faithful. So last week what we did was looked at the first three verses of this with regards to this particular passage. And just as a background to remind you, if you weren't here, it might be the first time you're hearing it. But the Israelites were at a place where they'd lost hope. So they felt like um, their future was disappearing before their eyes and they were going through this crisis of faith. And um, they'd actually believed essentially that the God of the Babylonians was bigger and stronger than their God. This is the battle that they were going through. It was this crisis of faith. And ultimately, what the Israelites wondered was, is God truly who he said he was? And is he going to do what he said he is going to do? That's the place that they were at because their faith was telling them one thing, their circumstances were telling them something else. Now, that's a very quick summary of kind of where we were at last week. So I want to pick it up today in verse 4 because in this vision that Ezekiel is given, it's this expansive valley of dry bones. There's nothing living. Death abounds everywhere. All that he's seeing is this, um, this death. It's a depressing place, but it's actually a metaphor for those um, those lifeless seasons that we can go through. Because we can travel, as we journey through this life, we can travel through seasons and places like Ezekiel shows here. So it's not just about this is something that happened in Scripture, it's a metaphor for things that you and I can actually be going through, those seasons that we can find ourselves in. And so we see at the start of verse 4, God says to Ezekiel, speak a prophetic message. Speak a prophetic message. I think it's verse 9. It's repeated again. We'll see that next week. Here's what he wants him to do. Speak and say, 
Listen to the word of the Lord, dry bones. God is going to put breath into you and he's going to make you live again. This is the prophetic word that he is speaking out. Now, right there, I think the landscape is starting to change. I think physically the landscape is starting to change. But I think also where Ezekiel is at and where the Israelites are at is starting to change. There's been a shift. Okay, there's been a shift here. It might not look like it just yet. Because at this moment of time, what is Ezekiel still seeing? An expansive wasteland full of dry, dead bones. But does that mean God is not doing anything? No. Because God is starting to do something. We're just not seeing it yet. The same is true in your situation and the same is true in my situation. We play catch-up when it comes to God. He's a few steps in front of us. We play catch-up with him. God is letting Ezekiel know that he is in control, he's got this covered, and that he's going to rescue the Israelites out of this place that they find themselves. And so, right here, I think what God is telling, or part of what he's saying to Ezekiel is, don't wallow in your circumstances. Don't sit there in this expansive valley of death and have a toddler tantrum and say, oh, it's just not fair. There's nothing but death all around me. He doesn't want Ezekiel to do that because what's going to be at the end? Something that is good and beautiful. The same is true for you and for me. He wants us to make sure that we're not having a pity party despite our circumstances. And that doesn't mean, you know, that we, we can't be disappointed or, you know, we can't feel, um, you know, that, that the situation is unfair or, it, like, there's a whole bunch of things. I was talking to someone during the week, you know, and they just said, oh, you know, it's just not fair. And I went, yeah, it's not fair. Sometimes life isn't fair. But that doesn't mean God's not good. Because he is. So, to get out of this valley of dry bones, God says, I want you to speak a prophetic message. I want you to speak out these words. And I was thinking about it. I don't know if this is true for you, but sometimes, you know, when I'm going through a tough season... I actually just want God to come in and sweep me off my feet and take me out of that situation and transport me to a different place, you know, where there's a whole lot of, you know, nice flowers and, you know, you can, you know, like you see in the movies, you know, when they're just kind of dancing in the open field and there's flowers and green grass and the sun shining and all that kind of stuff. Sometimes that's what I want. But, <laughs> thanks, Terry. <laughs> Thanks for verbalizing that. That's good. But, you know, over the last year, here's what I've prayed from time to time. I don't think it's been serious, but here's what I've prayed. I had to write it down. Jesus, open a new door and take me out of this place. That's what I have prayed. Just get me out of here. Now, I might not necessarily have prayed it out loud, 
But it's definitely something that was, you know, in my spirit. It was my spirit that was groaning. Maybe, you know, you've experienced that. And I know that there are times when God will do that, when supernaturally he'll take us out of a situation. But I think most often he wants us to go through the tough season for a number of reasons. He wants us in those tough seasons to hear his voice and to be obedient to that. And so we see that here with Ezekiel. He's not running away. He's not hiding from his circumstances. He is being obedient to what God asked him to do, even though it probably didn't make sense. Imagine that you're standing in this expansive valley of dead bones and you speak out because God has told you, hey, this is all going to come back to life. You imagine how crazy that would be? Maybe that's just me. (laughs) But Ezekiel knows, like we do, that there's power when you speak out the word of God. And I think that's why the instruction is to speak out this prophetic message. I love this passage at Jeremiah 23, 29. Here's what God says. Does not my word burn like fire? Is it not like a mighty hammer that smashes a rock to pieces? Think about that imagery for a moment. The spoken word of God smashes rocks to pieces. That's some powerful imagery, isn't it? The hammer can break down obstacles. The hammer can overcome the negatives in your life. All kinds of opposition can be broken down into little pebbles when you speak out the word of God. When you hammer them down with his truth and who he is. Last week I talked about, I felt like there were times when I was standing in front of this brick wall and I couldn't see a way over it, I couldn't see a way around it, I couldn't see a way through it. But then there was just this time when I looked and the wall was actually not in front of me anymore and I turned around and the wall was behind me and I didn't know how I got there. But maybe... That hammer imagery has been used to get through that wall. I just didn't realize it at that point of time. If I had, I could have just smashed through that brick wall. I could have grabbed my hammer and smashed right through it. But I didn't at that point of time. And I think this is so important, you know, when you're going through a dry season, when you're walking through a dark valley. Speak out that word of God and his promises. You might not feel like it. You might not see things change around you straight away. But there's probably times when you might not even believe what you're speaking out. That doesn't discount the power of God's word. It doesn't discount how powerful that is against the enemies of this world. God can still use that. Because there are times when we're like, I want to believe that. I just don't know if I can. I just don't know if I do right now. And if you're in one of those times, speak it out. God's still going to use it. It's still powerful. It's not your word, it's his word. That's where the power comes from. And that's what Ezekiel does. And 
I think it was verse 3, you know, Ezekiel and God have this conversation. And, as, and God says to Ezekiel, hey, what do you think? He says, I don't know. You're God. I'm going to leave it in your hands. Some great advice there. We should do that. But God, Ezekiel left it to God's power and God's wisdom. But God gave the prophet something to do. He didn't just lay down and say, all right, God, I've given it to you. You go and fix everything. Wake me up when it's done and I'll be happy to keep moving. We have a part, a part to play in everything that God wants to do. And here for Ezekiel, it's about speaking out this prophetic message. He commands him to speak to these dry, dead bones, to prophesy to them. But for all intents and purposes, it seems like a vain and foolish act. But I love that Ezekiel doesn't try and figure it out. He simply obeys. All he does is obey. He tells these dry, dead bones, God's going to put breath back into you and he's going to make you live again. Now, I mentioned last week, these bones are dead. They're dead, dead. If there were like levels of deadness, they would be right at the top. They would be like 10 out of 10 dead. In verse 1, it tells us they're completely dried out. It's another way of saying there's no life in them. But Ezekiel speaks out this preposterous word over them. You're going to live again. Can I encourage you, and this is a lesson that I've had to learn across the years. When God asks you to speak something out and it doesn't make sense, just speak it out. Don't try and make sense of it because sometimes we can't. Ezekiel knows that God brings death, deadly things back to life. He knows that the breath of God will come upon these bones and life will be restored. And so he does what God asks him to do. I wondered during the week if someone else was actually there with Ezekiel. Imagine like, you know, Ezekiel's out in this, you know, deadly valley of bones and there's this like decaying tree over here and someone's just hiding behind it and they peek around the corner and they see Ezekiel out there these bones this is the word of the Lord you will live again can you imagine what that person's thinking or maybe the conversation that they would have had because I thought about it during the week I'm thinking you know friend of Ezekiel's comes up goes hey Zeke love you man Love what you've been doing, serving God. But you're crazy. You're, you're crazy thinking that these dead bones are anything but dead bones. There's no way that they are coming back to life. Do you ever think about Scripture that way? you ever sort of think about, you know, if, if, there's, if there's something on the, the fringes of what we read and how other people might react if they were there in that situation. I wonder how you would react if you were the one that was seeing Ezekiel speak to these dead bones. Would you be like, yeah, go Zeke, no problem, yay, I'm with you. Or would you be like, crazy dude, he's, he's, you know, he's just crazy. 
don't know, don't know what he's thinking. It's interesting to ponder sometimes, I think. But here's the thing for you and for me. I wonder if there are people in our world that might say similar things when it comes to our circumstances. You've heard from God. You speak out by faith the promise over your situation. But people give you that look. You know that look, like in Christian circles? It's the look. They don't say it, but it's the look of... Nah. I, I, don't, I don't think God's going to do that. It's the look of... I know, I know that's in your Bible, but I don't think that's for you and for me. Like that was, you know, like for years ago. I'm not the only one, am I, that gets the look sometimes? No. But that's their issue, not yours. Because there will always be people in the church, capital C, who don't understand who God is, his power, his promises, and the truth of his word. But you can't let those people become a distraction for what God has told you and what he has promised to you. I was thinking about it, you know, of course, the Olympics are on in Tokyo at the moment. And I was watching the women's street skateboarding. Like, there was a lady from America in there. She was 34. She was almost triple the age of some of the other competitors. Like there were two 13-year-olds who actually wound up winning the gold and the bronze medal. Uh, the gold and the silver, I should say, mind you. But I was thinking about, you know, rewinding the clock five years. So these girls are eight years old. They're in class three at school. They're riding their skateboard to school probably at lunchtime, they ride at home after school, they're down at the local skate park, chatting with their friends, and they say, in 2020, I'm going to go to the Olympics, I'm going to represent my country, and I'm going to win a gold medal. Can you imagine how many looks they would get at the skate park by declaring that? But what happened? Admittedly, it was a year later. But what happened? What they spoke out came to pass and they won gold medals. So I just want to encourage you to filter the voices that you allow to speak into your situation. Because some voices can be well-meaning, but they are not filled with faith. Some voices can sound good, but they are not filled with the truth of God. Some voices might be kind, but they are not the voice of the king. You need to be very, very careful about who you allow to speak into your situation, particularly when you're going through a tough season, when you're going through some stuff. Be very, very careful not to allow... A voice to come in that leaves you feeling pessimistic and downcast 
rather than a voice that lifts you up and helps you to take that next step. Something I've had to learn across the years. And for me, my beautiful wife Jackie is a great person for that. Because I can come you know, home or I can be in a situation and, and I'm just a little down and, and I can't see you know, too much positivity moving forward. It's hard to stay positive. And she just turns that on its head. And she reminds me of all the fantastic things that God has done in our life. She reminds me of his character and how good he is. And, I'll, and that could just be a one or two minute conversation. And I leave that and I've got a spring back in my step. I'm like, yeah, that's right. I was out of alignment with God's truth. She brings me back into that alignment and I'm ready to go. We need to have those people. Those are the people that we need to allow to speak into our lives. But sometimes you're actually that person for someone else. And I think it's such a privilege that we get to do that. I think, you know, some of you know my friend Grant, who used to pastor Real Life Church and, um, you know, went through a really, really, really tough season um, of burnout, you know, to the point where he's left ministry now. And I accidentally pastored him through that. It's just out of friendship, out of relationship. But this was a man who was had a can-do attitude. There was nothing that God couldn't do. He was so, so positive. And then I remember we had lunch at McDonald's at Thornton. And it's like I was talking to a very different person. There was no optimism. There was no positivity. It was just like doom and gloom. And I left that lunch, shaking my head, going, where's my friend gone? Where's, where's Grant? But I had the privilege over the next number of years, three or four years, to be that person who could speak positive positivity into his situation and God will give you that opportunity as well and it's not easy as I said this past week I've been on the phone I've been crying on the phone with Grace Church family and sometimes we get the chance to speak that positive reinforcement and encouragement can I also say, though, sometimes the best thing to do is simply be available and not say anything. And many times I sat with Grant. We just sat in this awkward silence because I didn't know what to say. He didn't really know what to say. But I was available and I was there. I'm actually working on a message at the moment what to do when you don't know what to say. Looking forward to that when God unpacks that a bit. All right, so back to Ezekiel. Verse 6 is where we want to be. I will put flesh and muscles on you 
and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. I love this verse because it speaks to the abundance of God. It's not just enough that God says, I'm going to bring these bones back together. He doesn't stop there. He's not a God of half a restoration. He's not a God that just paints one wall with a single coat of paint. He's going to do the job and he's going to do it properly. And so he says in this particular verse, I'm not just going to bring those bones back together. Now, I don't know about you. If I was in a valley of dry bones and they all came back together and full skeletons arose in front of me, I would be absolutely in awe. And you only need to see how excited some people get. They go to a museum and they see a skeleton of a T-Rex or something like that. They're like, oh, that's amazing. And it is, but God's not finished at that point. So he might be doing something right now and you're thinking, oh, that's amazing. But has he finished? It might look good, but does it look beautiful? And I love the fact that he says, I'm going to do more than you think I'm going to do. I'm not just going to bring these bones back into a skeleton. What I'm going to do is I'm going to put uh, muscles there. I'm going to put flesh there. I'm going to cover it with skin. Now, that would be awesome, wouldn't it? But he goes even further. Because he's the God of the overflow. So he goes even further. And then he says, I'm going to put breath into you. And you will come to life. This is the promise that Ezekiel speaks out. He is making a declaration on behalf of God. He knows that the bones can't create life by themselves. But as he proclaims, as he speaks out the word of God, they receive God's promise of life to them. And I want to say to you this morning, if you feel like you're in a dry season, that you're in a valley, that God isn't going to leave you there, but he's not just going to take you out of the valley, he's going to take you to the top of the mountain. Because that's who he is. That's his DNA. That is his nature. The life that would promised was promised would be marked by breath living once again in these dry, dead bones. And if we actually go back to Ezekiel 36, 27, here's the promise that God made. And here's why we can be so confident in it. Because he says, I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. I will put my spirit in you. I will breathe. We'll talk more about this next week. I will breathe life into you. And so in the next two verses, what we actually see is the start of that. We begin to see the beginning of the promise fulfilled. Up to this point, it's all been God saying, this is what I will do. Here is my promise to you. But these aren't empty words. 
And so we start to see, and we'll continue next week to see, the promise fulfilled. Verse 7. Ezekiel spoke this message just as God told him to do. Suddenly, as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Then, as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bodies. The then skin formed to cover their bodies. Sorry, formed over the bones. Then skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. I love the use of the word suddenly. You ever thought, oh, suddenly God did this? There's no suddenly about it. It's sudden for us. But guess what God's been doing? He's been working in the background all along. As I thought about it this week, here's where I came to. Our suddenlies, or the suddenlies of God, is our faith catching up with God's faithfulness. Our faith is just simply catching up with the faithfulness of God. It's sudden to us, it's a, it might be a surprise to us, but it's definitely not a surprise to God. He's been working behind the scenes. It might feel like it's just happened, but it's actually the point where we see the evidence of what God has been doing all along. Because remember, if it's not good yet, what does it mean? It just means God hasn't finished working. He hasn't finished doing what he wants to do. For Ezekiel, the Lord was already putting the pieces into place. He was already aligning all of the pieces where they need to go. And it was simply a matter of when. Not a matter of if, but a matter of when the promise was going to be fulfilled. And that's why we can stay positive. That's why... I'm confident to stand in front of you today and declare a verse like Romans 8.28 over you. God is working things together for your good. And I think if we can have the same sort of attitude that we see from Joseph in Genesis, I think it's 50, verse 20. You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. Ezekiel had to prophesy and proclaim life to the bones before he saw any change. The bones were still dead. But then he watches on in amazement. At first, he hears, he hears the rattling and then he sees what God is doing. Kind of reminded me of... Um, when Elijah goes out and he hears the rain coming before he sees it. It's that sound of faith that maybe you are aware of. Ezekiel hears the bones rattling before he sees them. And so I wonder as we finish this morning, I wonder if you can hear what it is that God is doing in your situation. I wonder can you hear 
the bones rattling in your situation? Can you block out the noises of disappointment and despair and discouragement so that you can actually hear the rattling? Close your eyes for me, church. There's things in your life that you and maybe others have said are dead. And I want to say right now, God is breathing life into them. This 1st of August, he is breathing life. They're moving. The scattered and shattered pieces are joining together once more. The broken things are being made whole again. God isn't finished yet. There is more to come for you. And next week we're actually going to see that that is actually the best that is yet to come. So as we finish today, things might not look good at this moment of time. You might be worn down or worn out by your circumstances. They're close to taking you out. Maybe you just don't have any hope left in your situation. You feel like everything's finished. The door's closed. And you're just going to walk away. Can I declare that's not God's truth for you? God is up to something in your present situation. He is with you and he is for you. All you might hear is the rattling of the bones. Celebrate that. Because it's the start of what God is doing. They're not the end. They're just the beginning of what God wants to do. Know that he promises to keep working on your behalf until those rattling bones have turned into something that is good and something that is beautiful. To hear more podcasts from Grace Church Australia, make sure you subscribe and stay connected by going to gracegathering.online.